Have you ever gotten in the car and not known where you were going? So you type in where you want to go to the GPS, and the GPS will give you directions, right? It will tell you in 500 yards, turn right. Prepare to turn left. I hate to tell you this, and I don't want to, you know, make you unafraid unnecessarily, but you know those things aren't always right. Now, we've all had the moment of realizing that the GPS was taking us an around about destination, and it was actually a shorter way. But you know, sometimes they're just flat wrong. Um, we've had stories of people who followed the GPS. One man thought he was turning left in New York City, and he ended up, he ended up driving down the steps of the subway, took a record to get his car out. Another one, well, he drove off a cliff into a river in England. And still, funniest one is his family in Connecticut that has to put a sign at the end of their driveway saying, we don't care what GPS told you, this is our driveway, not a road. GPS had led family after family, car after car, into their driveway. It is frustrating when you're lost, isn't it? It's frustrating when you can't find your way, when your GPS isn't working. We live in a world right now that is lost. They can't find their way. They're scared because they're lost. They're frustrated because they can't find their way. And they're angry because nobody will help them. You know, we're not the first people to feel this way. I doubt that we'll be the last. But one of the first stories we have of a situation much like our own is found in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Stand with me. Yeah, I don't care if you're at home. It's still the Word of God. Show it the honor that it deserves and stand in honor of God's Word. Listen as we begin reading the story from 1 Samuel 8. I'm going to begin reading with verse 4. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and went to see Samuel at Ramah. They said to him, look, you are old. Your sons do not walk in your ways. Therefore, appoint a king to judge us in the sa- as the same like all the other nations have. And they said, give us to us a king to judge us. And Samuel considered their demand wrong. So he prayed to the Lord. But the Lord told him, listen to your people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me as their king. They are doing the same thing to you that they've done to me ever since I brought them out of Egypt and to this day, abandoning me and worshiping other gods. Listen to them, but solemnly warn them and tell them about the customary rights of the kings who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the Lord's words to the people who were asking him for a king, and he said, these are the rights of the king that you, who will reign over you. He would take your sons and put them to use in his chariots, on his horses, or running in front of his chariots. He can appoint them to use as commanders of thousands or commanders of fifties to plow his ground, to reap his harvest, or to make weapons of war and the equipment for his chariots. He can take your daughters to become perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He can take your best fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He can take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards, and give them to his officials and his servants. 
He can take your male servants, your female servants, your best young men, and your donkeys and use them for his work. He can take a tenth of your flocks, and you yourselves can become his servants. When the day comes, you will cry out because the king you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord won't answer you on that day. The people refused to, to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we must have a king over us. And then we'll be like the other nations around us, and our king will judge us and go out before us, and our king will fight our battles. Samuel listened to all the people's words and repeated to them, to the Lord. Listen to them, the Lord told Samuel. Appoint a king for them. And then Samuel told the men of Israel, each of you, each of you go back to your own city. Look, the people said to Samuel, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Therefore, appoint a king to judge us the same as all of the other nations around. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it, and live. Let's pray. Forgive us the moments, O Lord, when we want other kings and do not trust you to go before us and to fight our battles. We pray this in your name. Amen. The people are now in the promised land. They're in this part of their history where the tribes have taken over the various parts of Israel, and they're now trying to make their lives there. Moses has long since been gone. Joshua 2. We now have ended the book of Judges, which ends with this ominous sentence. And everybody did what seemed right in their own eyes. Samuel is born. And the first handful of chapters of this book tell us of his miraculous birth and how he became the prophet the point of intersection between God and his people. But now Samuel had lived his long, full life, and the prophet, the office of prophet, would now pass to his sons. But his sons were crooked. They were taking money for bribes. They were making judgments between people, and then they would give the ruling to the highest bidder. The people lost confidence in them, and they go to Samuel and say, we want a king. All the other nations around us, now think about who those nations are because they're all in the Bible stories. They were the people that they constantly had battle with, the Philistines and other nations like that. They all had a king. Israel didn't have a king. They were a theocracy. They were under God's rule, under God's leadership. They did not have a human king. They had God as their king, but they wanted to be like the other nations. Samuel warns them, but gives in when God says, give them what they want. You know, some of the worst moments in the Bible happen when God gives people what they want. When they no longer trust him, but make a demand. This is the way we want our life to go. This is the way we want our nation to look. And so God gives them a king. And the chapters that follow begin a devastating part of Israel's history of King Saul, of David, the one bright spot, of kings and kingdoms, betrayals and wars, 
brother against brother, son against father, on and on the story goes. They wanted a king. They got a king. They wanted to be like everybody else, so God made them like everybody else. But they were never created to be like everybody else. They were created to be unique. In fact, they were so unique that it was their relationship with God, their witness of the goodness and the strength of God, that would influence the other nations. Their downfall came not when they got a king, but when they no longer trusted their religious leaders. They wanted another king, somebody else to judge them, to go before them, to fight their battles. The worst thing in the world happens when the people of God want to be like everybody else. I tell you all the time, the world is not mad at the church because we're different. They're mad at us because we're not different enough. When you do the surveys, when you do the research, our divorce rate is the same as the world. The use of pornography is the same in the church as it is in the world. The world comes to us, finds us, looks for us, and we don't help them. We can't help them because we have decided to be like them. We face a July 4th weekend like we have never faced in all of my life anyway, certainly not in all of my ministry. Now, I lived through the 60s, I lived through the 70s, I lived through all of the upheaval. But something has happened to the church in America. Something has happened in America because the church made a decision. And what was that church? What was the decision that the church made? We wanted to be like everybody else. How so? We wanted to be a pack, a political action committee. We wanted access to the president. We wanted access to legislatures. So we gathered together and we said, listen, we will vote as a block, as a church, if you listen to a couple of things that we say, if you put a couple of things that we want in your political platform. And the world is smarter than we are at doing what the world does. And we have been used, driven, washed up, and now the world can't even recognize who we are. Folks, we're not a political action committee. We don't go to political leaders or civic leaders and say, will you consider our point? We are the conscience of God in the world. We are the voice of God in the world. We say to them, this is what God says. That's what prophets do. We don't negotiate. We don't beg to be on the platform. We're not like everyone else. The future of the church doesn't depend on who's elected president or who is on the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter this November if a Democrat is elected or if a Republican is elected. What matters for us is this one thing that never changes. Jesus Christ is on his throne. Kingdoms come, kingdoms go, nations rise, nations fall. But his word 
lives forever. We want a king. And in his mercy, God gave us a king. Not like anything the world knows or not like anything that the world has ever seen. He gave us a king who walked in our world. And as he walked, he gathered up every sin, every failure, every regret. He took that pain with him to the cross and it hung there with him. He dragged those burdens into the tomb. And he left them there. And when God called him back from the dead, he left our tragedies in the tomb. And was raised to new life that now he offers to you and me. For the sake of the world, he gives this new life to the church. For the sake of your community, you are the light of Jesus Christ in the neighborhood you live in. You are the light of Jesus Christ in the place of, that, that you work. And if you go out, if you don't believe... then no one can find their way home. You should be able to think like this, Paul tells the church, that Jesus Christ, being the Son of God, did not think that being equal with God was something that he should just snatch. But he poured himself out, he emptied himself out, and obedience became like a man. And in obedience, he followed the will of God all the way to a cross. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord, King of kings and Lord of lords. We have a king and his name is Jesus. The past is his. He bought it. The world and all that is in it is his. He created it. The future is his. He has made it and finished it. He goes before us. He fights our battles for us. And the United States of America right now, more than anything else, needs the people of God to stand up and be the people of God. We have a king. He judges over us. He fights our battles. The crisis of Israel didn't start because they chose Saul as king. It started when they lost faith in the religious leaders. The crisis in America didn't start when this person or that person was elected. But when the people of our country lost faith in us, you want to do something patriotic? 
pray. Pray that God would hear the prayers of His people. Pray that He would hear us repent from all the side deals we've made and all the idols we've put in His place that we as the people of God would turn our face toward Him and He would heal our land. Did you see what Samuel told us? When they lost faith in Him, they lost faith in God. Maybe when you and I start believing again. Now you know I've told you what belief means. If you don't live it, you don't believe it. Maybe if you and I start living again under the Lordship of King Jesus. Maybe when we start believing it again. The world will too. For the sake of our nation, be the people of God. Let's pray together. Our hearts are broken for our lost nation. Our hearts are even more broken and our tears unending. because of a lost church. So we pray, Father, in this moment of worship, as you reveal yourself to each of us, that we'll be able to find you in this moment, and we'll be able to believe. Because when we believe again, the nation will too. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So what are you going to do this patriotic this week? You're going to send off some fireworks, wave some flags? I hope you do. I'm as patriotic as anybody. I love our nation. I love its history. I love all the liberties that are available to us. But if you really want to do something patriotic, find a quiet place. Pray. Pray that the Lord will make himself known to his people, to his church, that we'll believe again. And when we do, our nation will believe again too. If you want to talk about this, I'd love to hear from you. You can text CONNECT to 623-623, and that will help us get in touch with you, and we'll be in touch with you as fast as we can. But don't let this weekend get away without understanding that all the liberty we have comes not from the Constitution, but from the cross of Jesus Christ. And all the world needs us to believe.